0: Hey there, it's Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival. And if you're like most survivalists out there who have been keeping a close eye on the government's ever-expanding surveillance program, then you realize that your name, like mine, is probably on some list somewhere. And we see more and more of these stories coming out about how patriotic citizens are actually being targeted by the intelligence agencies as potential threats to national security. As ridiculous as that may sound, it's absolutely true. But there are steps that you can take to keep yourself off Big Brother's radar, if you know how. And that's why I was so excited about this week's podcast episode, because it's really loaded with real-world tricks that you can use right now for helping yourself secure more privacy, even from our own government. It's definitely one of my best interviews yet, so be ready to take some notes. Let's get started.
1: firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival.
0: They know everything about you. They know what you buy, where you go, what you read, and which sites that you visit online. They know who you call. They can listen in on those calls. And they can read every email you send and receive. They are the all-powerful them. <laughs> Big Brother, the governmental and private sources from the NSA to the CIA to the FBI to Facebook, of all things. And in the war for control of all your personal data, it's you versus them. So how can you virtually disappear from under the watchful eye of Big Brother and live a life under the radar? Well, that's exactly what we're here to find out. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine, with another survival podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and patriot. And joining us today to discuss how you can put some distance between you and the all-powerful, watchful data machine that runs and monitors every waking moment is author and privacy expert Frank Ahern. Frank, welcome to the program.
2: Hey, thanks for having me. Much appreciated.
0: This is a real honor. I know we have some great information for everybody. Listen, everyone, for the past 30 years, Frank has been in a business that resembles a game of kind of like international hide and seek. He was the number one skip tracer in the world, hunting people from Belgium to Belize, and is today a leading privacy expert and the only one who disappears people off the face of the earth, almost literally. He's the author of How to Disappear from Big Brother, the Digital Hitman, and How to Disappear Erase Your Digital Footprints. And you can learn more about Frank, his books, and his services at www.disappear.info. Now, Frank, it, it seems like keeping your life private in a new era of ever increasing privacy infringement, both from, I mean, we're talking about like from criminals as well as even our government, you know, most of the battle seems to be about unlearning some of the ways that we make it really, really easy for others to spy on us. So, What would you say are like the three biggest mistakes that the average person makes each day when it comes to opening that unknown door on their personal life that could be exploited by others?
2: I would say the number one is the word stop. Individuals who want to disappear or become private, what happens is they start daydreaming on their computer, on their phone, at home, at work, and they start doing searches on computers or internet connections that are traceable to them, okay? And you have to remember, the idea of privacy is really based upon connections and how we connect, okay? So my suggestion is anytime someone feels that they need to create some privacy or disappear, they need to stop what they're doing and they need to find a connection that cannot be connected to them. Plus what they need to do is think backwards, okay? And think about the things they searched, Because most people or most investigators or predators looking for a subject or they're searching for the information left behind. What was searched in your, you know, your computer at home, the phone calls you made, the emails you sent, the emails you received, you know, whether it be at your mother's house, your brother's house. So I think that is like the number one thing is to stop and look backwards because that's the information that will violate your current or your huge privacy or disappearance. The second would be privacy software you know individuals buy IP blockers, IP anonymous anonymizers, they buy alleged you know prepaid phones and these things are not private okay they may be private on your end okay but not necessarily on the receiver's end. plus when you walk into a store to buy a, <clears throat> to buy a prepaid cell phone, there's a camera watching you. So you need to think about on and offline privacy in in, in that sense. But recently in the news, Tor, which is the big, you know, privacy, you know, deep web sort of searching, they just realized that they've been compromised, okay, and that information could have been extracted from their searches or, you know, their websites or their, you know, engines. So just because something says it's private, it doesn't mean it is. And I equate it to something from the perspective of, you know, if I showed you a baseball with a baby with signature on it, you couldn't tell me if it's real or not. The average person can't tell if privacy software works or not. And that's number two. The third thing you need to determine or you need to do is figure out what privacy means to you. Because when you use a service that is free, okay, it may be free in the sense where you're pressing buttons and you're allowed to utilize, But they're extracting your information, and your information is gold. And just because you delete online information or you shut off your cell phone or you shut off your utilities or cable, doesn't mean that information leaves. It always stays within the system. So before you shut things off, I suggest you start deviating the known information about you on those accounts. And this way, when you leave, they don't have correct information about you. And those would
0: be the top three things. Yeah, I think, I think people can really identify with those two, especially on the, you know, the things that we take for granted or, you know, we think are private throughout the day. You know, Frank, there's obviously been a lot of exposure now for like post 9-11 government spying and everyday citizens are really starting to wonder just how much Big Brother is tapping into their personal lives. I guess the first question is, is this really a valid concern for everybody? And if so, why? And what's the best way to prevent NSA-type spying and protect your privacy from nosy government agencies?
2: Well, I, I think the, the first thing is we need to realize that, you know, there are two brothers, a big brother and big business, okay? And, you know, they extract our information, you know, because we utilize services offered by business. And to me, you know, that's the initial problem, okay? I mean, when you're... Engaging with a website or you're texting or you're emailing or you're talking on the phone. You have to accept the fact that somebody is listening. If you mail something, email something, you know, there's you, there's your internet provider, there's the in-between, the receiver's internet provider and the receiver. So you have to think of it. You wouldn't mail a letter 10 years ago. With compromising photos of yourself because it could be lost and the postman could get it. With today, we have to accept that everything we send is traced, recorded. And, you know, you have to think of it like having that, 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 that parrot on you. It's just always on your shoulder watching what you're doing. And, but you need to take it down a step. You can't think of it from the NSA perspective, okay? So they're, they're just grabbing everything, but they're grabbing Google's information. They're buying phone records from AT and T, and you know, so it's, it's the it's the companies that's the issue. And rethink how you, you utilize companies. I mean, you look at apps that are downloaded; they're so invasive. It, it, it's absurd. Like Starbucks really needs my you know GPS location, or they need my uh, you know call list in my phone. I mean. Do we really need these services? And I think that's what you need to define, because that will help you reduce providing information to corporations and Big Brother.
0: Yeah, I just want a cup of coffee. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I,
2: I mean, listen, I, I agree with you, and I, I'm just like shocked that people download apps. It, it's it's crazy. It, it, they have access to your your cell phone, you know, phone book. They have access to your you know. Your GPS, I mean, does Amazon really need my GPS? You know, location? It sure is. There's just one thing about it. I mean, it's a part of, of conditioning. They're, they're, they're getting us used to being traced and giving our information away, giving our location away. You know, they want, they want to know where our buddies are so our friends can find us. It's just not necessary.
0: Yeah, and we live. I mean, I think it's a very transitional time. We live in this bubble of privacy, you know, where I, we're, we're, we haven't yet. Although reports have come out, like the NSA and things like that, I think people often feel removed from that. But as we see more and more now, how business and government are intertwined a lot more than I think what a lot of people thought they were, we start we're starting to move out of that bubble, which is why this information is is really really critical. Okay, we've been talking with Frank Ahern of FrankAhern.com about how to practically disappear from Big Brother's invasive radar. And we'll be back with more tips in just a minute, including why your geographical footprint is so important, how to create a virtual good guy clone of yourself to throw others off your trail, and your most critical next steps to getting the government off your tail. But first, check out this special message.
1: Are you a proud defender of the Second Amendment? Are you tired of your whiny sister-in-law's liberal tantrums about the need for more gun control? Are you infuriated with government gun grabbers trying to strip you of your God-given right to own a nuclear bazooka? Well, my fellow patriots... It's time for a SmackDown. SmackDown. In our free 2AD SmackDown Debate Guide, you'll discover how to win any gun control argument armed with three questions. That's right. Just ask these three simple questions and watch as that smug little smile disappears from their little face of even the most ignorant know-it-all liberal. Plus, you'll discover easy, fact-based, can't-lose, crybaby comebacks. For the most common myths, misinformation, and outright lies. Like, gun shows are the criminal's flea market. Countries with tighter gun control have lower crime rates. Banning guns protects our children. More control keeps guns out of the hands of crazy people and a whole lot more. Arm yourself now with the ultimate argument winner by claiming your free copy of 2AD SmackDown. Visit www.2adsmackdown.com. That's the number 2ADsmackdown.com. And now, back to our show.
0: Okay, we're back with Frank Ahern of frankahern.com talking about how to secure your privacy in the midst of our current surveillance state government policies and programs. So let's go ahead and jump back in our interview. You know, Frank, few people really ever realize just how easily that they're leaving a digital trail of their actual physical location via their phone and and like those, you know, other electronic monitoring systems that are out there. What do you think is the biggest shocker that most people don't realize? And can you give us maybe three strategies that we can use for reducing or eliminating our geographical footprint? Well,
2: you know, I, I think the biggest mistake people make that they focus too much on online and digital tracing, okay? You know, you know, because we hear about cookies and internet history and, you know, the NSA, you know, grabbing these phone records. But what they forget is when they wake up in the morning and they turn the TV on, the cable company has an access of that. They know when you come and go, the electric company, from your electricity. You know, you leave your apartment building, there's probably a camera in the elevator, one in the lobby. You know, there's one on the street, then there's one in You know, at the toll booth, there's one in the train station. There's one in your office building where you work. So what happens is, I I think, you know, there's there's this weird thing going on. Have you ever been to London? Okay, they have street cameras that are like a foot long and they move. And there's this this presence people in London see. They see the cameras moving. They see the microphones on the poles. They're very aware. But here in the U.S., it's very different. You know, our cameras are behind little black bubbles. They're in, you know, on top of street lamps. They're very discreet. You know, our cameras and elevators are very discreet. And I think the biggest mistake people make is by being blind to these things. And I think the, one, the number one rule is you are always being watched, no matter what you do, okay? You're sitting on a train. And I, I'll give you an example. There was, there was a video last week of some girl on a train who was, you know, she drank too much, she spilled a bunch of potatoes on the floor, she picked them up and she started eating them, okay? Totally stupid thing to do, but this video, now everybody can see this about her. And I I think we we need to not be so focused on the online and the digital world, but bring some focus back to the personal aspect. And, you know, from the other perspective is, you know, the second thing is, if you press enter, send, or download, it's a, it's a digital footprint, and it's a connection to you, no matter how you slice it. And you really need to think before you press the button, you know, and some people do not consider that. And think about this. I mean, what we do today is going to affect us in five years from now because we don't know how the information that's being collected and stored will be utilized. I mean, if- Internet companies go in and out of business, and they sell what's left over as far as the data. The third most important thing I suggest to people is it goes back to when I talk about connections, okay? And you need to look at your privacy as connections. I'm give you a very basic example I like to use. If you're at the prom and you try dating, dancing with the bully of girlfriend, and he finds out, He wants to come and beat you up. He chases you all week, but he cannot catch you. You work for a pizza shop, and you deliver pizza. Next week, you show up, and you're at the bully's house. You can't ring his doorbell because he'll beat you up. What do you do? You you stretch the connection. You go to the park. You get a friend of yours to deliver the pizza. You know, when it's over and done with, the bully gets the pizza, the kid gets the tip money, the pizza shop gets their money, and you get to keep your teeth. The ringing of that button, that bell, That's the connection that we make. It's a digital footprint. So you need to think from the perspective of how can what I'm doing be connected to me. And if you do that, you'll start reducing your footprint. Plus, it makes you really think about the information and how you're acting online or existing in a digital
0: world. Frank, you talk a lot about the use of like misinformation and disinformation as weapons of invisibility. What do you mean by those and how can someone use each of them to disappear?
2: You know, we exist in a society where we need to have cell phones, electric, utilities, cable, uh, apartments, credit cards and things of that nature. So, but those Services have a lot of information about us. Phone have phone records. Electricity has our contact, our social security. You know, all of these different services will lead to information about us. This information, okay, you know, I spent most of my life finding people and finding information. And when I'm looking to hunt somebody down, I'm looking for the information they left behind. For example, disconnected cell phone. May have a contact number on it. May have old employment on it. And what's important is, you know, when you when you disconnect your service, you may want to change the contact information. If you worked at, you know, Yankee Stadium, you may want to change it that you worked at Shea Stadium. You know, your electric company typically has a contact phone number. You know, you want to change something like that. Maybe you want to deviate your name. You know, instead of Frank A. H. E. A. R. N. I would put Frank, A-H-E-R in, and then maybe a week later before I disconnect I have them change Frank to Hank. So my idea is when you're leaving and disconnecting your services, deviate everything they have about you because the person hunting you is going to look for that information. And with that information, it'll, be, it'll make it more difficult to find you, where you work, old contact numbers, and things of that nature. Disinformation is the most important part about disappearing. You have to keep the predator busy. I mean, if you've disappeared to Buffalo, you need to create disinformation, like you disappeared to say Cincinnati. And the way you do that is before you disconnect your services, you know, you call Realtors in Cincinnati, you know, you, you basically email Realtors in Cincinnati. If you work as, in a particular industry like a journalist, maybe you're, you know, contacting the Cincinnati Inquirer or something like that. So what happens is, you know, you may want to write something on your Facebook about moving to Cincinnati. So this way when you actually disappear, you, and the person is looking for you, you're leaving the fake trail. You're, le- you're leading them to Cincinnati, not to Buffalo. And if you don't do that, all you're doing is opening the road for them to finding the real information about you. And I find it to be the most important trick or tool of disappearing. You know, and reformation is really about getting from point A to point B, you know, in a seamless fashion where, you know, once you're gone, you know, you become a virtual entity and that virtual entity has no connections to anything physical and meaning that you open up a corporation and your apartment is rented to a corporation, your utilities are under a corporation. These are like non-income corporations, so you're not filing any taxes on it or it's not earning any money where you're supposed to file taxes on it. So, you know, you're using prepaid cell phones, you're using prepaid debit cards, and you create a communication system to those you have to be connected with, like family and friends. And, you know, they're educated on using prepaid phones, and they're educated on pretext that if anybody ever calls them, you know, they never give any information out. Even if they say it's Obama calling, you just never give any information out. And those are the, the three steps of disappearing is misinformation, disinformation, and reformation.
0: Hmm. Well, that's really—I mean, those are tips that I mean, think pe- most people wouldn't even possibly contemplate. That's really great information. You know, f- Frank, too, for for the average person to really formulate an all-around action plan for defeating the biggest threats that we, you know, most of us face with owning our own privacy. What would you say are the three most critical action steps that someone can take right away to be as invisible as possible?
2: i say the first step is everything that's known about you offline, start deviating it, okay? And online information, if there's anything with your identifiers, Facebook, MySpace, blogs, start deviating that information. Start uploading photos and putting photos out there with your name on it in your city, and it appears to be somebody else. I think it's just a question of uh, blurring the truth and that's the important thing. You know the other thing too that that's extremely important is, you know, is the accuracy of information just because it's out there it doesn't mean it's correct. So what your job is to to do is to create more incorrect information about your name, about the entity that lives in your city. This way, you know, in a year, two years, five years from now, there's, you know, 30 Frank Ahern from all over the world and then it can't be narrowed down to actually be associated
0: with me. Well, and part of that, part of that also seems like, you know, kind of creating who that character is, if you almost look at it like a, almost like a fictional character. So, I mean, like you wouldn't want to create this, this misinformation of persona of you out there of like, uh, you know, Nuclear bomb maker extraordinaire to to go right oh, at the okay. other end of the spectrum, but more like a mild mannered janitor sort of guy, right?
2: Well, you don't want to do like a licensed individual, like a private detective or a doctor right. or a lawyer where you're in trouble. The key is you have to remember information online, especially when it comes to blogs. Nobody can anything, and I've done things where newspapers have picked it up and it's been totally, you know, fake. And that's the biggest. Is you're utilizing technology to assist in your your disinformation, and um, it, it, I just want mean, to say one thing that is, is, is kind of important to your mind. Um, you know, we used to have a home life and a work life, and they were always very separate. Okay, what you did at home was still work two different things. But with the digital life, it's kind of taking all of them under one roof. Okay. Mm-hmm. The problem is, I worked with teachers who, basically, their kids have built Facebook accounts and students of theirs harass their other students, their, their children. And so the problem with online information is it's just going out there about us and we never know how somebody's going to utilize that, whether to hurt our family or destroy a loved one or seek revenge or... You know, just get a basic, you know, in profile about you and your family.
0: Well, and one of the things we do when we when we're hiring employees is I'll go and look for their personal Facebook page in the employment process. You know, I mean, if I see somebody there and they're like, you know, they're showing all these pictures of them drunk off their ass every night. You know, it's like I know there's a potential problem there.
2: Or you find someone with the LinkedIn account, it's got like two different LinkedIn accounts with two different information pieces of information on it. But you know, but this is the reality and. The problem is, you know, that I'm I'm coming across is not so much my client, but information about my client's family, their 16-year-old daughter, or their son off in college, Mm -hmm. and you know, that they might have jobs that are very risky, or they're very wealthy, and they're just concerned about these connections.
0: Well, it seems like maybe that's one of the action points also, is that it's really not just about you. Like, if you've got a 16-year-old daughter you know, knowing what she's putting out. I mean, I mean you could put out all information that you live in Cincinnati or, or you know, misinformation where you actually live in, you know, Nebraska or something, but your daughter might be putting out something entirely different or giving information away on on you and your family that um could be sabotaging what it is that you're trying to do. you
2: know, I, I, I just want to tell you one quick thing. Uh, a client of mine uh what this piece this artwork Okay, and about a month later, the art, his house was robbed, and, and, the, and the painting was stolen. So they hired me to figure this out. Turned out that his daughter took a picture of the, of, her, of the painting, put it on her Facebook account, okay, but besides that, she had photos of her outside the house with her and her friends, and they were able to geotag the photos, and through another blog she had, and it, her street name showed up in one of the photos as well, and they figured that this very expensive painting was at this location. Hmm. should never let you do anything wrong, but these things happen,
0: yeah, amazing well, Frank uh this is obviously an area that very few people see as part of their like their preparedness plan, but it absolutely definitely is, and I really appreciate you giving us all some really actionable tips that we can put into place right away to live a more private life. Again, everyone, as you can see, there's a lot involved with this topic. And so knowing how to live your life under the radar, you really need to go check out Frank's training and his services at his website. All you need to do is go to www.disappear.info for more information. Thanks so much for joining us. And until our next Modern Combat and Sorrel broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying train hard, stay safe, prepare now. (laughs)